Well, beware of externalism today. The trap of external conformity and superficial obedience is a deadly trap today. There are Christians who are only known for what they don't do. The big public sins, they don't murder, they don't commit adultery, they don't lie, and they're carefully avoided, but there's no internal transformation. Look back at Matthew 5 and verse 17 onward. Notice what Jesus says. He says, whoever breaks in verse 19 the least of these commandments, now he's going to show what he means by that. Starting in verse 21, you have heard it was said of those of old, don't murder. Murder starts in our hearts with unrepentant anger. Do you know how many people are dealing with the side effects of this lingering anger over someone that harmed them, someone that, that took something of theirs, someone that, that, that in some way uh, did some awful thing toward them in the work environment, in the home environment, in their marriage, in their, uh, some type of abuse, and they seethed wanting that person to, to be judged and to get even with them. You know what Jesus said? If you have unrepentant anger, who gets vengeance? We get it for ourselves, we all vigilantes, you know. Is that what we're supposed to do? No. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And bitterness consumes us, and it makes us like murderers because we seethe with desire. So Jesus said, don't, you've heard it was said of old, don't murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But verse 22, I say unto you, whoever is angry at his brother without a cause will be, in ang- will be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be in danger of the council. And whoever says, you fool, verse 22 says, will be in danger of hellfire. Wow. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift before the altar and go your way and first be reconciled with your brother. We're supposed to be people that, as Paul said, as far as we know, we have a conscience void of offense toward God and anyone else. There is no unsettledness in our life. That's God's standard. Do you think that's changed? Jesus didn't think it changed. They said, as long as you don't kill anybody, you're okay. God says, if you have an underlying, seething anger towards someone for something, you're not okay. Boy, that was unsettling. Look look down at verse 27. You've heard it said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whoever looks toward a woman to lust, to fulfill a gratifying desire, a hunger, to satisfy a hunger they have, Boy, I've just described one of the underlying, do you remember the big motorcycle shootout they just had in Texas a couple months ago, all those bikers, and uh, they arrested hundreds of them and everything. Do you know where that occurred? It occurred at one of these kind of uh, fleshly restaurants, kind of like a a Western uh, Texan form of Hooters. And they're all there, and they eat there and everything else because they like to look. And, of course, the waitresses offer them lots to look at. And, but nobody does anything bad. See, as long as, you know, there's no prostitution going on here. You see how the human, our, our cover up and outwardly conform, but inwardly, Jesus said, if you could see the hungers that are being fed inside of them, the outside is whitewashed, but the inside is like a rotten 
corpse inside of a tomb? Jesus said there's corruption on the inside. Don't worry about the outside. What he says is, verse 29, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Take, what he's saying is take drastic action. He wasn't saying to, to start, uh, you know, handicapping yourself. What he's saying is take drastic action. If certain things feed lust, then give them up. Why? Because it's better for you in verse 29 that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. What he's saying is you never, you don't ever have to commit adultery, but if you live a life of hungering and feeding that hunger through the eye gates, he said you are an adulterer, and if that never changes in your life, Look what he says in verse 29. Your whole body will be cast into hell. Boy, that was a little disconcerting. And, and you can read the rest of them. I, you, you know these. I read all of the ending. Real love is impossible. What, what it says starting in verse 43, love your neighbor and, and hate your enemy, that was their standard. But I say into verse 44, love your enemies. Are there any enemies around us? Mm-hmm. All of us have enemies. We're supposed to love them. All of us have enemies. I mean, they're the bullies at school, uh, they're the bullies at work, and they're the, the people that are endangering us everywhere around. And people live in fear, and they live in anger toward enemies. And, and the answer is, Jesus said, love them. Bless those who curse you. Verse 44, do good to those that hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. So basically what Jesus said is, salvation changes the inside first. Don't say you're saved if you haven't had an internal transformation that makes us drop hatred because God hates hatred, that makes us drop lustfulness because God hates lustfulness, that makes us drop all of these, these human, acceptable, internal corruptions. So what Jesus says is, you see, if you're not regenerated, if you haven't been transformed, if you haven't been changed and converted by belief in the gospel of Christ, there's nothing that can deal with the wretchedness inside. You can mask it, you can control your behavior, but you can't do a thing about it on the inside. That's why Jesus was talking to them. He said, you're like a whitewashed sepulcher. You're painted on the outside, but you're full of stinking dead men's bones. They were okay with living wretchedness of sin in their minds as far as the outside was restrained. Isn't that where the church has become today? We measure people's externals because people don't let us get close enough to find out what's really on the inside. Do you know what the real pushback is for biblical discipleship? No one wants anybody to get close enough to see what they're really thinking what's really processing inside. As long as you can keep people at an arm's length and smile and come and look the part, it's acceptable. And Jesus said, no, it's not acceptable with God. Pride is the most satisfying of all sins. The zenith of the system was manifested in the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, they all came into public view at the synagogue. On that great day, the focus of their self-righteous, proud system reached its clarity and they shined. They just showed off how good they were. 